0: Welcome to Good People, Cool Things, the podcast featuring conversations with entrepreneurs, writers, musicians, and other creatives. I'm your host, Joey Held, and today's guest is Janet J, who has some of the most fascinating writing clips out there. She's done a deep dive into how you can make yogurt with your vagina, and she's written about being a cyborg come to life. It's It's very, very fantastic stuff all around. Janet, one of the first writers I met uh, back in when I was just getting started in my writing career, I don't even know if she knows it though. Uh, but we're gonna get into all of that in this episode. So, Janet, take it away. We'll start real, real simply. How did you get into writing? Oh, geez. Um, it was
1: always something. I've always been a huge nerd. I've always loved reading, um, <laughs> really, from from as long as I can remember. Um, and as I started kind of growing up and getting into high school and getting involved um, with school papers and stuff like that, which I was never the kid that was like the editor or super, super into it, but I got to write some really cool stories in, um, well, not cool stories, but have some cool journalism related experiences in high school um, that, kind of crystallized that it was something that that i was interested in uh i had one story really the the story i'm thinking of um was my high school spent a bunch of money on a new millions of dollars on a new security system the year after columbine happened Um, and it was incredibly wasteful and useless equipment Um, and i wrote this story about it that this guy gave me what worked for security office gave me all these quotes. And when it was published, the head of the security office came in and said, Oh, this guy has denied giving any of these quotes. Your reporter made it all up. You have to retract the issue and tear out that story and reprint it. And I went home and got the recorder and like sat it down on the table in front of him. It was like, Hey, click, here's the interview. Look at all the stuff the guy told me that I didn't use. Um, and he Shut up and backed off, and we published the story. And it was a really cool feeling of like, oh, things I do can actually have an effect on the world around me, and that's a cool, cool feeling.
0: I feel like that's straight out of a movie. Right? Yeah.
1: It seems it's it's very like yeah. I I actually did just go home in the middle of the school day and think (laughs) because it was still back in the time when we had recorders with those little tiny tapes in them that you had to use every time you you did a recording of anything and I had almost recorded over that side of the tape a couple of days before so thank goodness I did not
0: yes that uh, that would have been devastating to come back and be like listen to this push play <laughs>
1: yeah and it's like me playing the piano or yeah. something you
0: know? <laughs> totally worth it totally worth it oh, fantastic
1: but yeah and then I I uh kind of I hurt my back real bad in high school that really has restricted um the the amount I've been I can I've never been able to work a like 40 50 hour a week proper job so because I hurt my back and so when I went to college I started thinking about what kind of stuff can I do that's a little more flexible and hey freelance journalism so decided so to focus on
0: that. Fantastic and that's how we met was through UPod from yes. way back in the day. I oh yeah which for listeners that don't know is just a pretty substantial group of writers um, across both the u.s and the world i know there's a lot of uh overseas folks there as well and just sharing uh advice resources it's always amazing to me how someone will come in and be like hey you know i'm working on a story and i need someone that uh, is a professional juggler, uh, but also a single mom and needs to have at <laughs> least six children and they need to be between the ages of three and twenty four. <laughs> and they also need to have avocado toast at least once a day. And like three people have different sources for that. And I'm just like, Yeah, it's such a crazy extensive network of people. And I remember you being one of the first, like your name is one of the first names I remember. Uh, like seeing and being like, oh, like this, Janet's got some good stuff to say. <laughs> That's awesome. Yes. And then I
1: feel like I lucked into that group, honestly.
0: Oh, like, absolutely. Yeah, me too. So
1: helpful to me in so many different ways. And it literally was just a person I met in a coffee shop and started talking about writing to was a member of the group. And they were like, hey, if this is your jam, you really should get in on this. <laughs> It made a I mean it really affected the course of my career, I think being in that group. The 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 amount of opportunities of people just being like, hey, I'm the new editor of blah 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 and I'm looking for pieces on XYZQ. And you know, I can write about XYZ. <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly. And I I had a similar sort of thing where my sister Uh, Who's a few years older than me was working in PR. And I had recently graduated college and she had been pitching an editor uh, about something else. And she was like, Hey, I think you should like call him and say that you're interested in writing and, you know, just see what he has to say, like pick his brain on a, a phone call. And I said, All right, let's do it. And so I called him. And of course, this was, you know, I had written in college, but didn't really know what it took to be a freelancer or anything like that. Yeah just kind of probably it was an extreme waste of time for him um, to, to talk with me because I had very little prepared um, <laughs> a few real generic questions uh, but towards the end of the call he was like hey here's what I would do if I were you he's like there's this group called UPod that's just writers uh, he's like go in there and check it out he's like I post every once in a while but I mostly am just a lurker and kind of you know see what people are up to and why so I I think back then there was I don't even know if there was a questionnaire or anything. I think you just applied to join the group and fortunately my Facebook profile made it obvious enough that I do some writing and (laughs) I was I was in there and agree. I think like I found so many either opportunities or sources. Uh, or just like gotten to read some really cool things that I never probably would have stumbled upon otherwise. Um, yeah. Learn about, There's like, a lot of just
1: straight up wisdom of people mm-hmm. that have been in the field for long enough and like some less interesting like business type advice has been really helpful from people that just like are in the, in the weeds and doing the nitty gritty of, of getting those jobs and keeping those jobs and finding other jobs, you know?
0: Exactly. They're <laughs> doing the tough work for us.
1: My first national clip was directly because of UPod. Like, I published a front of book piece in Maxim, um, like ten years ago. 50, I, don't know how, I don't even know when it was. Um, not long after, so let's see. Probably, probably about ten years ago. Um, about you remember Anonymous, the like internet group?
0: Oh yes, yes.
1: Did all the the hijinks. Yeah, so I wrote a little piece about them um, for the November issue. So it was for Guy Fawkes Day (laughs) was the the tie-in. So I wrote like, um, oh, what was the head? It was like the asshole-o-meter, the asshole scale or something. It was like different things Anonymous had done on a scale of zero to asshole. (laughs) That was my first national clip. (laughs)
0: Well, that is a very good Maxim piece.
1: It was fun. It was a lot of fun to write. And it was directly because somebody in that group was like, I heard that Maxim is looking for front of book pieces that are tied into uh, like history events or, you know, something timely, blah, 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 blah. And just like you said, it was like a bunch of different, you know, boxes that had to be filled. And it just so happened that I had had enough clips in whatever they were looking for that it all worked out. So it's... I'm very thankful for that group,
0: for sure. Fantastic. Well, that was your first national clip. Uh, and mm-hmm. But I, I dare say probably not your most popular um, <laughs> because I think you, <laughs> you in particular <laughs> have such a wonderful mix of clips.
1: I've been all over the place, man.
0: Yes, and there are two that I definitely want to cover, but if, if you'd like to give shout-outs to any others please feel free to do so. And I'm sure you know which two I'm talking about. But the first one is uh, your foray into uh, making vagina yogurt.
1: <laughs> I, yeah, that's always the, that's definitely the most popular one.
0: Yes, still tickles me to this day. five
1: page views, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I want to just apologize again to Cecilia Westbrook, who had her life completely disrupted when that thing went crazy. And... <laughs> She is an actual doctor who actually does actual doctor things, uh, whereas I am just a goofy freelance writer that that told her goofy story. Um, but yeah, so it this was just a story that started as like bullshitting in an internet chat room, basically. Well, um, not chat room. It was on like Facebook group that we were all in, and uh, yeah, I mean it says it in the story, but basically uh somebody found a cookbook that was like a cooking with semen and was kind of clowning on it and people were like well is there an equivalent one for women no well why not and somebody brought up the fact that like oh Cecilia brought up the fact that uh it's actually the same like microfauna the same stuff that's in your vagina is the same stuff that you put in milk to make yogurt, basically, scientifically. Um, so yeah, it just kind of went from there to like, hey, I wonder if it would actually work. And like, well, I'm making yogurt anyway, so why don't we just see? And uh, it, it was just a really, I thought it was a really neat experiment. And looking into it really showed like how little we actually know about vaginas in a lot of ways. Um, which I didn't really expect, but yeah, so published that story in in Vice, and that was actually my first Vice Motherboard piece too, Uh, and did not expect, I mean, I write goofy stuff all the time, and it does not go bonkers viral like that one did, (laughs) but who boy did it.
0: Uh, That's always, yeah, it's always amazing to me, like, what like resonates with the internet uh, and i'm sure you got some lovely comments and messages from that do you are there any in particular that still stand out to you uh, what is this five years later
1: oh geez um yeah well it was they what was weird is they talked about it on tv on tv a few times which was very bizarre for me um there's a a daytime talk show that like Sharon Osbourne is on with uh oh gosh I just blanked on the other one but like Sharon Osbourne talked about the story and and defended it to the other women on this daytime talk show as like well that sounds kind of interesting and everybody else like gross um and having a google alert on vagina yogurt is an interesting experience I'll tell you that because I had to keep an eye on it like for for myself and for Cece since I have messed her world up, um, but yeah, so I had it for and for months, it was just like I would get ten podcasts a week that were clowning on it, you know that I had to um, and clowning you know on the scale of of well, not even clowning like on one end, you have the fact that it actually led to people did research because of that story. Like, like actual science experiments were done based off of questions that were brought up in it, which I think is the coolest part. Um, but that all the way to, you know, these trad assholes, like there were at least a couple of podcasts of like dudes in their basements, wearing masks, talking about how women were the end of all, you know? So, uh, yeah, it turns out you write about anything involving, like, women, and, uh, people, people are interested in various ways, let's say.
0: Yeah, it sounds like it certainly ran the gamut of, uh, both positive and, uh, weird, weird guys in their basement. We're yeah,
1: it was, uh, it was an experience, let me tell ya, and of course, you know, everybody in my life, uh, Wanted you commented on it, just like, just like when I was interviewed in Playboy, which is I guess maybe something else that you saw when you looked through my clips. But yeah, I mean everybody's got a joke and everybody's, and you know they're usually pretty funny. But uh, it was very weird seeing like my very conservative Kentucky family being like, "Hey, I saw your story. Congrats!" Just being like, "Cool. guess we're talking about vaginas now." <laughs> such is life you know you gotta ride it
0: such is life yeah and i think that's a a good mindset to have generally is i i mean both from a perspective of everyone's got a comment to it to i agree i think that there was actual science coming out of this is such a cool thing to hang your hat on and you pretty much helped set that all in motion you and cc um making making that happen so that's super cool
1: yeah i mean i always feel like Um, I've been privileged to do a lot of science writing and science adjacent writing. And for me, just to be able to tell the story of somebody's research or somebody's experiment uh, in a way that kind of communicates that is a real privilege. And I'm so impressed by the people that actually do the work that I then work to tell about you know that's so much more more important I think than than what I do and it's it's really gratifying to see people you know actually advancing knowledge because of again, like a, a sort of goofy story that came out of clowning around in a chat room and somebody doing an experiment just for their own like just to see if it would work and I think that's really cool.
0: So I think a lot of the best ideas come from anyway. Is like, hey, this is a silly thing, and I
1: wonder I, if
0: yeah. I mean, that was to give a shameless self-promotion to my old uh, YouTube channel, JK Creations, very very similar to your Calamity J Creations, which we oh uh, yes. We'll be, we'll be touching on that in a little bit, but uh, just a friend and I, I would say, arguably the most. Popular video on my channel was a friend and I. One day we were just like, "Hey, what if? Like, what would Pokemon moves look like in real life?" And we just <laughs> threw all the ones in Generation One and and did all. Of <laughs> and of course, some are uh, very easy to pull off. Some we had to do some puns for. Uh, others had to had to throw a little post production magic in there. But <laughs> it's just, a, it's just a weird foray. And yeah, like that's what what is the most popular
1: (laughs) it's always weird what you work what you spend the most time on and what the most people read are not the same stories no (laughs) or the same pieces yeah but i'm gonna have to look that up when we're done here because i'm curious
0: oh absolutely i will i will share it with you i'll share it with (laughs) everyone because it is one of my finest moments despite (laughs) taking such minimal effort (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome so we'll move from one story that you uh, were the, the author of to a little bit of a transition of you being the story because I also think you're uh, becoming a cyborg. Is oh, yeah. Just fascinating things as well. So you had mentioned um, that you had back injuries earlier. Mm-hmm. This this kind of led to you becoming a cyborg. So how did, how did all that happen?
1: Yeah. Well, uh, I hurt my back in high school. In uh, my sophomore year of high school so pretty early on and uh, unfortunately it never I never really got a diagnosis um, or an explanation for what was wrong or why it was wrong I just all of a sudden was in constant pain and couldn't uh, I couldn't go to school full-time I got I made it through high school with my class but I um, I was excused from a lot of absences, and I missed—I missed a lot of school, going to doctors and hospitals and stuff. Um, So, yeah, that has definitely uh, constrained me and kind of forced my life in a a certain direction. Which, you know, it's been a great life; I don't regret it. Um, But it definitely affected the choices I made professionally. Um, And I've been, you know, going to doctors and hospitals and stuff for now. Twenty years. Um, so, all that said, I've been, you know, kind of had my career alongside that, and then, um, as you said, they they kind of converged, which there was this new type of um, pain management option, whereas I was on, you know, opiates every month, um, which I absolutely think should be an option for people and, and sometimes is the best option for people. But my pain doctor that I go to said, hey, you might look at this as a possible idea. And what these spinal stimulators are um, basically is a pain sig- pain is just an electrical signal that your body sends your brain. And for whatever reason, Sometimes there's a real injury that it is tied to, and sometimes your body can just get mixed up basically and have pain signals going where there's not actually an injury. Either way, the spinal stimulator, they implant this thing and it basically drowns out the pain signals on your nerves, um, is the is the rationale. So um, I was gonna do this anyway, just as a person. <laughs> And then as a writer, I thought it was really cool. And of course, I was because I'm me, I've been going around making cyborg jokes um, and decided that that might be something that people were interested about here in the process. So as I was getting insurance approval, I was pitching it to people as, hey, I'm going to take pictures and kind of record how this process is. Do you want me to write about it? So, and I got to write about it. It was a it was a really neat, again, it was a it was a cool science story that got picked up and really helped people, which was so cool to to hear people um hear about something that could help them and which is not in pain man the world of pain management, like there aren't that many options. So having a new option out there that um that maybe I got some people aware of uh was was really cool was a cool
0: experience that is awesome it's always nice to hear that your story has helped someone in some way and and in that case helping a lot of people uh, especially with something that's not as widely known and and opening up their eyes to something new so excellent work (laughs) thank you
1: but yeah i've got my my actually my ipod that controls my spine is right on the table in front of me i just got a new one so (laughs)
0: Look at you upgrading.
1: Yeah. Well, the you know, it's an iPod, so the battery died. <laughs> I had to get a new one. Planned obsolescence.
0: <laughs> Good deal. So I, I teased this a little earlier, but would love to also chat about Calamity J creations. <laughs> yes. So let's dive on it.
1: <laughs> Calamity J is just a, you know, a goofy nickname that I got a long, a long time ago. Um this is so doofy, but it was actually the, I've been to burning man once and calamity was the name that they made up for me there. So I actually thought it was a cool nickname. So, um, when I try was trying to figure out a name for my, my craft nonsense, um, I decided to go with that. So yeah, I've always been real real crafty and I, I like making stuff. I like upcycling kind of making stuff out of other stuff. Um, so I decided to kind of try to put it together, um, try to put it together, period, into a blog. And um, unfortunately, I really, I kind of got it, got it started and then uh, had one of my discs in my back herniate and I had to go to the hospital and have surgery. So I've not done nearly as much with it as I wish I had. Um, and in fact, I am using this, this time in my house Having all sorts of fun being here by myself for two two weeks now counting um, my hope is that I can get that back up and running a little bit better um, but yeah I you know' I'm, I have um, I have a lot of content for it that I just really need to get ready and get up there but I love um, yeah I, I love kind of goofy I'm sitting here looking at my big um, stack of record clocks that i've made that are waiting to either sell or to give to people um there's just a lot of really cool stuff out there and it's not really it's not hard to make neat stuff out of it and i just figured it would be a fun way to kind of get out there and use my crafting abilities for for good
0: excellent as opposed to for evil Well,
1: for evil. Well, you know, I keep the evil on the DL. Excellent. Excellent. (laughs) Except for when I do podcasts, I'd mention it, I suppose, but you know.
0: It's okay. We can bleep it. So. (laughs) Okay. Excellent. I feel like I've promised bleep to lots of people. I rarely, (laughs) if ever, (laughs) follow up on this. TBD, if it'll actually be bleeped. Um, And speaking of bleeps, another thing that you uh, introduced to me, but I have not yet partaken in, which is truly a disappointment, is punk rock karaoke.
1: I know! We're going to have to really... I know we've said... If I had a dollar for every time we said we would do punk rock karaoke, I could pay for a drink at punk rock karaoke.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I know. But we really should. Yes, we will make it happen once the the world returns to a, uh, at least where you can be less than six feet away from each other state.
1: Yeah, a Google Hangout punk rock karaoke, I don't think would really be quite the same, unfortunately.
0: I agree, and I have certainly been keeping up with my punk rock listening, um, but <laughs> would love to just hear as a, a someone who has done uh, karaoke, I'm always a big karaoke fan, but I've never done punk rock karaoke, what makes for a good punk rock karaoke selection and or performance?
1: Mm, that's a Good question. I think punk rock karaoke is a lot more about your, uh, your, your vibe and your performance than it necessarily is the song, which I think is true for punk rock in general. And a lot of times, um, it's about that passion, getting up there and just <laughs> going nuts. Um, whereas regular karaoke, you know, sometimes it's about how good your voice is or whatever. I don't think that really, doesn't matter so much that the
0: punk rock karaoke i think i'd do very well then because that's typically what my normal uh karaoke persona is is i not i'm not always gonna hit all the notes with perfect pitch and timbre but <laughs> why not make it entertaining those are the ones i think people remember better anyway at least for me i know like I, I couldn't even tell you half the songs that some of the most memorable performances I've seen are. It's just, I remember something about the person. Like, I remember a guy singing Frank Sinatra. Who knows what Frank Sinatra song? But he <laughs> stepped on tables to, like, serenade people. He was just like, Oh wow. On the tops of tables. I was like, this is amazing. You are truly a, a braver soul than I, because I would fall down. Uh, no matter yeah, that's incredible. Like. Yeah.
1: I hope he was just the right amount of drunk to pull that off that he didn't
0: trip. <laughs> he yeah, he managed to stay upright. Uh, I didn't even see him stumble. So, very very well done. He also went to a place I regularly frequented. This was back in college. And we never saw him again after that. So, I feel like like I'd like to imagine oh, that he just went from town to town and he only did Frank Sinatra, but he had perfected it so well that, you know, his next week was in Orlando and then atlanta
1: i really like that idea i'm gonna believe that too
0: yes our frank sinatra in the wind
1: the only time i did punk rock karaoke i was completely hoarse the next day which i did not expect at all but apparently i had been screaming screaming scream singing so much as you do with the punk rock the punk rock um yeah that i woke up hoarse the next day
0: (laughs) but it was all all worthwhile
1: oh yeah of course Absolutely.
0: Fantastic. Okay. So everyone go out and listen to your favorite punk rock song after this, but first Mm -hmm. we got to wrap up with our top three, which are the top three nonfiction pieces that you love. Let's have them. All right.
1: So the first one is one of the things that we did not touch on in my, in my background, but that I wanted to highlight, it's called the murders at the lake. It is a long form, long form piece by Michael Hall that came out in Texas Monthly, uh, probably five years ago, um, that was about the murder case that I've been involved with my entire life, uh, which is an entirely other long conversation. But basically, when I was in when I was in elementary school, I met a guy who had been framed for murder and spent time on death row before being exonerated. Um, And through him, I got involved in this case that I ended up doing my uh, honors thesis on in college and then getting involved with this whole story and Fred Dannon who's the reporter that worked on getting these guys out of prison and it's a whole, whole big thing. Um, But this is the long-form piece about It was a triple murder in Waco in the late 80s that these four men were framed for. Um, And one was exonerated, one was executed by the state of Texas, and two uh, pled out and died in prison, uh, still protesting their innocence. So it's a crazy story, and it's something I'm really passionate about. So The Murders at the Lake by Michael Hall. That'll be number one. Um, I guess. And so the other two are are stuff I was not involved with. But um I don't know if you've ever have you ever read any Lester Bangs? I
0: have not actually
1: now. Oh man. I'm gonna have to send you some links, (laughs) but uh one really formative like thing for me in terms of me as a writer was reading this piece that he wrote. I think it's just called Astral Weeks um, in 1979, and it's the second story in the. It's called Psychotic Reactions and Carburetor Dung, which is the. It's a, the book that's like a, the first collection of Lester Bangs uh, pieces, um, and it's the second piece in there. And I very distinctly remember going. Going down to the Virgin Mega Store to buy CDs in high school—if that dates me a little bit—tells you how old I am. That we went to buy CDs, but um, down to the 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 cool Virgin store, and I picked up this book and was flipping through it. And I started reading the story, and it's a story about a record that I had not even heard, and the story was so just beautifully written that it really kind of punched me in the gut, like, oh my God, this is what you can do writing about music. This is like, this is the level to which this can be taken. That's amazing. Um, and I, you know, I spent a lot of my early career writing about music uh, and I think in in large part because I, I thought that was so absolutely brilliant. Um, and the record is also absolutely brilliant. So it's it's a really amazing piece. But it in it, it's not just that it's amazing. It's he, Lester Bangs, writes about this album um, and says at one point, you know, Van Morrison claims that this song is about XYZ, but he's obviously wrong. The song is obviously about this and that and the other. And you can tell because it's this and he's wrong, you know. <laughs> and he... And you believe him, you agree with him, that, that that the guy that wrote the song is wrong when he says what it's about. Uh, I don't know, it's just, it's a very well-written piece about an incredible album that I think everybody should check out. So that's number two. And number three uh, is Can You Say Hero? by Tom Junod, which is the, they recently made a movie about it, but it's the Mr. Roger, um, Mr. Rogers story that they just made a movie about. I have not seen the movie yet, but uh, the piece I have forced, I don't even know how many people I have forced to read that story over the years. Uh, I read it in college in a creative nonfiction class. And so I graduated college in 2007. I have read it probably conservatively like 30 times since then. I don't think I've ever once gotten through it without crying. And I am not really, like, I don't really cry at movies all the time. But yeah, that story, like, gets me right where, right where the tears come. Uh, It's just, it's brilliantly written and absolutely beautiful. And again, something that I read and immediately was like, oh my god, this is what you can do with Creative nonfiction. This is what you can do with a profile, um, and it really, you know, inspired me to to try to be better. I think um, those both of those the, the Astral Astro Week's piece as a as a music writer um, and somebody involved with music, and then Can You See Hero as as writing profiles. Both were just like, holy shit! You if you try your whole life. And and do as best you can. Maybe someday you can write something, you know, in the same ballpark as good as these things are. And if I can ever do that, I will be so so pleased with myself. If I can write something within uh, like the same ballpark as either of those two pieces, they're both just brilliant. So there's my three.
0: Boom! Fantastic. And of course, we'll include links in the show notes so people can read them and. Also, Marvel and how wonderful they are. Yes,
1: and a link to your Pokemon dancing.
0: Yes, of course, of course, that will be, <laughs> that will be in there as well. Fully expect praise uh, and adulation for all of that. Well, Janet, you're officially off the hook. Thank you so much for hopping on the podcast. Thank you. I had a good time. Excellent. That's what I like to hear. And if people <laughs> want to find you and your work online, where can they go?
1: Right now they can't go a al- lot. Right now your best bet is unfortunately just, uh, either Googling stories or, um, my Twitter is at Janet KJ, J-A-Y. Um, I am between websites right now. I'm, I'm transitioning from, I was at Janet J online and now I'm going to be at JanetKj.com. Um, but it is not up yet. So this is an unfortunately timed podcast interview. Um, but yeah, you know, friend me on Twitter, and uh, when I have the new site up, I will let you know, and it will be great. But right now, I don't have a website.
0: Well, that's okay. We will certainly update uh, the show notes once you do. And yeah, just, just follow on Twitter in the meantime. You're totally fine. Yeah. You know what we do have, though, is a corny joke to wrap things up. I love a corny joke. Let's make a little music theme since we uh, had Punk rock discussion <laughs> What did the drummer name his two twin daughters? I don't know Anna one Anna two Get <laughs> after <it> today people
1: <laughs> them Ching